Good morning, everybody, and welcome to TLC Life as every Wednesday at 11, más o menos. I'm Andrea Gomez, and my co-host, Orlando Sanchez, is in a special assignment. That's why today I have the pleasure and honor to be with Cindy Garza. She is a former NBC reporter and also Frank Agras former ABC reporter in Houston, but also 13 years of experience, and now he is a lawyer. And, well, thank you very much. Thank you so much, both of you, to be with me today and filling out for Orlando Sanchez. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad to be here. Great topics today that we're yeah. discussing. Great topics. So three former uh, reporters, anchors, uh, three, for, uh, three former, uh, we are still journalists, but three yeah. former right. broadcasting. Right. And... So today's topic, and we have, you know, because there's been a lot of uh, going on in the media these days, and it's a lot of going on, breaking news that we've been seeing with a lot of reporters, not only here in town in Houston with Fox 26, but also in Detroit and Phoenix. And it's a lot of going on in the media, and I am so happy that this is, um, is happening. So the topic today is, can we trust the modern media? And probably many of you guys are so tired of seeing what is going on in the media, not only in English, but also in Spanish. I'm a former um, reporter and anchor of Univision. And I remember back in that time, even though that it was not like these days, uh, see many things going on. And we were talking off the air with you, Cindy, what is going on, um, especially in the media these days. And saying that... Uh, we're going to play some videos from uh, some reporters today that is being, you know, breaking the news all right. over the country because they are got tired. Right. Simple, they got tired of have um, a script and having an agenda from their, their corporates, and they said enough is enough, and they said it on the air, and they also... Uh, now join and they are supported by uh, Project Veritas that we're going to have one of the representatives. So right. let's play uh, Ivory Hacker, uh, Fox 26, uh, former reporter because she got she was fired. Reporting. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, basically they're tired of the censorship. Are, is the media really telling the truth? Is there an agenda? Is there propaganda that they're trying to push? And are we, as reporters and journalists, are we going to do what they say? Or are we going to be telling the truth and reporting what's the truth? And I think Ivory Hecker from Fox 26 News finally just got tired of being told what to report instead of what she thought was real news. And here's a clip of what happened on the air just a couple of weeks ago. 26 reporter Ivory Hecker is live in Montgomery County. Thanks, guys. That's right. Before we get to that story, I want to let you, the viewers, know that Fox Corp has been muzzling me to keep certain information from you, the viewers. And from what I'm gathering, I am not the only reporter being too subjected to this. I am going to be releasing some recordings about what goes on behind the scenes at Fox because it applies to you, the viewers. I found a nonprofit journalism group called Project Veritas. So, Ivory, what just happened? They send a reporter out there they don't like what the person said, and then they turn around and punish the reporter. Does that make any sense? No, but I guess I'm supposed to know the narrative and stick with it instead of sticking with the facts. And you guys can see those recordings and hear them tomorrow evening. Ivory Hecker, our latest profile in Courage, and Courage is contagious. So if you're out there and you're a real journalist, reach out to Veritas Tips at protonmail.com. Courage is contagious, and that's why another reporter in Detroit, she is a weather anchor, April Moss, and also she is a multimedia journalist. Um, she got contagious. Yeah, I, well, obviously she heard what was going on, and you know what? She decided to do something about it as well. And live on TV, here's her clip of what she did. Good evening and thanks for watching First Forecast. I'm meteorologist April Moss and happy Father's Day. Today we saw temperatures above normal again, topping out at 85 degrees at Metro Airport. Plenty of sunshine today, but all good things must come to an end and that starts as early as tomorrow morning with showers moving in around 8 a.m. And speaking of a brand new week, I will be sitting down this week with Project Veritas to discuss the discrimination that CBS is enforcing upon its employees. 
tune in to Project Veritas for my full story. Now, later Monday, we will see those showers continuing through late morning, but by evening, we'll see dry conditions and more comfortable temperatures as well. Wow. Wow. Uh, you know, they, both of them, they right. start with the, with the story, then introduce in the middle Project Veritas, and, and they, you know, expose themselves, and then, like, back to the story, like, nothing happened. Right. Well, you know what's funny is that she didn't miss a beat. No. And, 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 and I can't believe the director and the producer weren't <laughs> well, cutting like, them uh, off yeah, they were like they were a, saying this. Because it was like, oh, what is going on? What is yeah, going yeah, because that's not scripted. Oh, my gosh. She's not supposed <laughs> to be saying that. What the heck is going on here? So that's why I'm surprised <laughs> that that actually aired yeah different story but why they were going to project veritas what who is project veritas that's why we invite uh nick give us managing editor at project veritas and he is in new york and we're so excited also former reporter nick welcome to tlc live thank you so much for taking your time and thank you so much for everything that you guys are doing um in, in, in journalism and, and trying to, to, to come down this crisis and, and expose corruption. So welcome to TLC Live. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Okay, so Nick, uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about your background and then tell us a little bit of what is Project Veritas. Uh, sure. I worked in politics and didn't like how dirty it was, so I decided to write about them instead. And I interned and was a reporter at The Daily Caller in Washington, D.C., I later moved on to be a digital reporter at foxnews.com, and uh, it just eventually came time to move on. I wanted to do real journalism. Uh, things were starting to slip, and I joined Project Veritas as the managing editor about three, four months ago, and we've been muckraking here happily ever since. So Project Veritas started in 2010, even though you just joined Project Veritas uh, three, four months ago, as you just mentioned. So tell us um, the, the, about the founder and how Project Veritas started. James O'Keefe is our founder and CEO. He's a definitely a uh, celebrity of note in, in a lot of circles. And James is famous most for his Acorn piece that actually was back in 2009. And then he went and started Project Veritas officially. He's covered so many stories that were just left on the table by the media. They refused to look at the facts or look at the truth because it conflicted with their narrative. And James was never afraid to do that. And he built, in essence, an army of whistleblowers, insiders, people with conscience in media, in big tech, in private sectors, public sectors. And we continue to fight corruption, lies, fraud and waste everywhere we find it. So, um, I mean, I know you're very young, Nick, and but we have here Frank. That you, Frank, you were, <laughs> you say that you're the dinosaur in uh, the media, <laughs> and and we have, uh, you know, Cindy and I. Well, we are pretty much the same age, so from the same era of the news. Right. So we have like three different generations in the news. So I want to hear a little bit from um, you, Frank, to feed uh, Nick of what was before being right. a journalist and in broadcasting. Uh, prior, like, um, well, as far as journalism, I worked my way through college, uh, learning the ropes, um, starting in a small radio station in Laredo, Texas, and I won't go into all that stuff. But eventually, I ended up in Chicago uh, as uh, hired by one of the ABC O&O stations, WLS Television, three years working for, um, with many professional people, and then went on to Radio Network News in New York and then came down to Houston and to be the uh, an anchor in the morning and then reporter. All do right. you remember so, any of this? I'm sorry to interrupt, but oh, do you I remember, remember any of, of this going on back in the day when you were in TV? Because yes. you were in TV in the 70s mm -hmm. and 80s, correct? Mm, yes, yes. Okay, was, do you think there was ever a time where producers or, or uh, news directors were telling you what to say or perhaps what to report? I only ran into that here in Houston, which I'll be happy to share really? that in a brief uh, <laughs> way of a story that I covered, uh, the Iranians and, and such that were protesting back then with a mask. The way I covered it, I was told that's not how you covered it. You have to do it this way. Show the violence, show this, show that, as opposed to why are they doing it? And so I was, but in Chicago, it was more of a self-selective group that I started to notice that's one of the reasons I started to try to fade away from uh, working in broadcast. Uh, well, I keep saying 
uh, reason number 375, one of the reasons that I left. Right. So this is not <laughs> a, a new problem, obviously, which is why um, Project Veritas was created because they did get tired of the corruption, the cheating and the lying and the deceit, not only with the government, but um, with TV as well and broadcasting. Um, let me ask you, Nick, how did you hear of Ivory Hecker and did she get in touch with you? And tell us kind of what happened after that. Yes, she came forward to us. She was very concerned that parts of her stories were being suppressed, that uh, double standards are being enacted, and that basically corporate interests and a corporate agenda were being put before the truth, and that viewers weren't being informed of those conflicts. And she was not told to go after stories for the audience or for the truth or for just the ideals of journalism, but rather to please the station general manager, to please the CEO and to please Fox. So she hooked up with our insider team, uh, shared some information, some documents with us, and we told her story. And she went on air and announced that she would be sitting down with us and it cost her her job. So that was the long and short of it. And we thought that it was newsworthy enough to go forward with it. And especially considering that there were so many issues that her, her local affiliate, Fox 26, took issue with. And yet they addressed none of them in their statement to us when the story finally came out. She mentioned two things, and, and I think that's the, one of the most things that people are tired of, the corruption and, and, and hearing or lies and manipulation. She said COVID-19 and the presidential elections. Yes, uh, among other things. There were financial stories that were uh, being judged on racial bases. I mean, there were, there were many different, very disturbing things that came out of the information Ivory gave us. But I still think that the main crux of it, uh, in addition to the hydroxychloroquine suppression of, the, of her stories based on that, but the fact that they would admit that the audience didn't matter, that the people mm -hmm. that tuned in, that, that watched the advertisers, that you know, are a part of that community, they could care less what those people think, what they need, what information right. would serve them best. And that's not just sickening, it's scary. Well, and, and, and she has recordings. And in fact, I think she aired them on her page, recordings of the uh, news director, general manager, uh, basically yes. telling her not to report on hydrochloroquine. Mm -hmm. yes, and shaming her, shaming her, saying she failed as a reporter. And it's very interesting to hear what people say when they don't know that a camera is rolling. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, Nick, definitely, well, you're, you're younger than us, and you were more um, of the social media era more than us. I mean, we're just like, you know, start learning with all of these things, but you guys pretty much were um, born with technology and things like that. So she was also mentioning about uh, her being censored in her, social, her own social media. It was like not only was on the air, but also on the social media. Yes, they told her to not post about hydroxychloroquine, despite her experience looking at studies, interviewing doctors, and being in the Houston area, which was a hotbed for that topic, for COVID-19 and for hydroxychloroquine and zinc as a treatment for COVID. And Ivory thought that by investigating that and by telling the public the pros and cons of that treatment possibility that she was doing her job. The network, because of the political issues surrounding the drug hydroxychloroquine, decided that was not her job. And her job was to play it safe and please sponsors and corporate interests. And that's how the story came to be. Well, my, my personal story, I took hydro, uh, hydroxychloroquine for my COVID. I had two different doctors. One prescribed me a Z-Pak uh, and uh, an inhaler, and the other one prescribed me hydroxychloroquine. They threw the kitchen sink at me. I was fine in two weeks. So I think that that is a huge deal, and I don't think that Fox or anyone should ever forbid a reporter to question, um, you know, we're the ones out on the streets. We're the ones getting the story. And I remember back in the day when I was in TV, a, uh, a producer would tell me, hey, can you go get the story? This is the angle. This is what we think the angle is. And I'd come back and I'd say, 
not exactly what we thought it was. This is what the story really is. And if they didn't like it, they'd quash it. And they'd say, you know what? Okay, going on to a next story because that's not what we thought it was. But, you know, whether or not – so, yeah. And that happens all the time in TV. I mean, I know back in my day, if I thought that it was a different story and I'd come in and I'd say, no, this is the story. Sometimes they'd have the respect for me enough to say, okay, great. We're going to run it your way. But if it didn't follow what they thought it was – they would definitely quash it, and they'd put me on something else. Frank, what, well, is, what the, was your experience uh, back in the days? Uh, well, <clears throat> uh, there were there were several. I, I don't know if I really need to get too much into it because uh, uh, you know it's long gone. But uh, the experience was uh, it was different in in Chicago, where you ladies are very familiar with this. Uh, in Houston, when I first got here, it wasn't that way. We're stars. So in in Chicago, I was asked to uh, uh, be MC for this, MC for that. Mm -hmm. I was uh, all Hispanic man in all of Chicago and all the newspapers and things like that. That like I certainly didn't want that. I mean the, the ego feast that one gets into when you're when you when you're on TV. So you do attract a viewership. Uh, people recognize you for who you are. I was the <laughs> one of seven first uh, minorities hired by the networks in 1970, uh, written up in Life and Look and Time magazine, uh, articles about the seven who were hired. Shortly after that, some guy named uh, um, uh, uh, Jerry Rivers was got hired in New York, uh, now Geraldo Rivera. Yep. Uh, so during that time period, that's the time period I'm, I'm speaking of. Uh, so uh, they kind of let me have a free reign, but I started noticing something and uh, I even, I don't know if we're going to bring bring this in probably later, uh, the, the video of that interview with the... With yeah, the that wife. will be later, yeah. yeah. That'll be later. Uh, that'll be an example of that, of, of uh, how back then things were, were happening that we're seeing repercussions of today. Uh, but here in Houston, I guess I'll get into that, the, the, the Iranian um, riot in front of the French consulate, mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of activity. Uh, multiple uh, law enforcement um, uh, and actual on camera uh, head banging with uh, the, the billy clubs. They didn't have those big long ones, just wooden billy clubs. And then following the trucks and lining them up uh, in, in the, uh, the sally port of the Harris County um, jail uh, video of all of that. And I was going to use some of that mm -hmm. and make a long report, five, six minutes, very long, uh, about explaining why they were doing that, which ended up being all kinds of international uh, things happened after that particular riot here right. in Houston. Uh, but I was told, no, keep your, 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 uh, what you're saying very short and just bring up the sound and just show all the, all the arrests, one after the other. After I even, there was even me standing there, and the police officers were grabbing somebody on the left, somebody on the right, and pulling, just pushing them into the, the paddy wagon. Uh, it was a show. Sure. And for a reason right. that apparently had something to do with much higher level uh, design, which, right. uh, you know, at that point, I need to stop because I really don't know. It just like, it was a, this is good news. This is like all that well, yeah. Th this will give us ratings. Well, yeah. and, that, and that goes along to show all the rioting that's been going on with everything. Uh, all, they they want to see looting. They want to see corruption. They want to see these people running into the Walmarts and stealing everything. And they want to see you covering a yep. tornado or a hurricane. And we want you to be in waist-deep water and, and go find it. And, yeah. you know, even Reporter though there, it's— involvement it, is what it was it, called. It, it always happened. To me, it always happened. It was like, go find— uh, go find high deep water, get in it, regardless if there's fire ants or gators or snakes or whatever, you know, we would get in water and we would p report stories. Or swap yeah. down by the, by the ship channel. That's get in a bayou. <laughs> yeah. So what is yeah. going on, Nick, in journalists these days? I think that ego and money have taken over the truth. And I think that reporters and anchors and producers that were once responsible as you mentioned, for safeguarding the truth and, and giving people the news have become corrupted. And it's all about them or it's all about an agenda. The truth, there is no agenda. It's, it's either the truth or it's not. It's either a lie or it's a fact. And that's become irrelevant. It's about entertainment. It's about ratings. It's about clicks. 
And what I find even more disturbing and unprofessional are the journalists that do these things and yet pretend to be old school journalists. Yeah. It's not the people doing it, doing it out and about out loud that you have to worry about. It's the people that have respect as legitimate journalists who are nothing anywhere close to that once the camera turns off. Now, the question is, do you as an audience want someone who is real when the camera turns off? Or do you want someone to put on a face for you for an hour? Right. I used to call D.C. the Hollywood of the East Coast. People call New York the Hollywood of the East Coast. But I like to call D.C. that because everyone wears makeup and reads off a script. Mm -hmm. And it's true. It's sad. Um, but what's happening with media today is it's collapsing in on itself. And it sets so many impossible standards. And, it, it, you know, everything is a headline. Ping, update. You know, it's 80 degrees today. And you're expecting some world-shattering news. And it's just, you know, a squirrel on water skis. People are sick of it. They're tired right. of it. And with the Internet, right. the Internet, why in the world would you turn on cable? You have so many other options. You have Project right. Veritas. You have YouTube. You want to watch that squirrel water ski? You can watch 10 videos. You don't need to watch yeah. local news for that. Exactly. Fluff. So what's happened is they've lost their way and it's imploding. What about voter fraud? Can you give us a little bit about that? I know that during the election... There were so many people who wanted to come out and talk about voter fraud. I know there was one senator, a friend of mine, actually, um, Brian King from Arkansas, former senator, who had proof and on camera himself had several people telling them that they had voted and they didn't have their name or it showed when they went in that they had already voted. And the media didn't cover it. No, they didn't. And uh, I, you know, I can't talk about ongoing investigations as far as Project Veritas is concerned. But in the past, publicly, we have investigated voter fraud. Uh, people have been arrested as a result of our investigations into voter fraud. And the law is the law. Uh, it, it's something that needs to be investigated. It needs to be talked about because, in my opinion, there are a few things less sacred than not only someone's vote, but taking away someone's vote and adding that to your preferred candidates tally. That's egregious. And the fact that people walk in and out and do it every day should concern every single American, no matter what party you're from. Um, I'm going to play um, a little bit of the clip of the interview that um, April Moss was with um, yes. James O'Keefe. And, and this is, um, you know, so sad. And she talks with her heart and in saying yes. this country, it's falling apart. Right. My big concern in all of this, by not standing up, James, and just walking away and saying, okay, I do know that there are people within our organization who definitely know that CBS has a slant, and it slants more to the left. And, you know, anybody who's awake right now can knows that, and this is why I feel like we're in the, the problematic time in our country's history that we're at, is that... Um, no longer is true journalism uh, being executed anymore. I'm watching our whole country get frustrated with journalism today and, and the media today because they're seeing that this is not, it's not truth what they're always putting out. We have one of those stories that Project Veritas actually witnessed here in Michigan. You're one of your affiliates here. This was B-roll for a, this was not a real COVID testing site. You're telling me you're 100% certain that CBS News, CBS News Corporation, National, staged a fake event. They faked the news. They faked the reality and broadcasted that to all of their audience last Friday on CBS This Morning. 100%, absolutely. Apparently, the news crew wanted more people in the line because they knew it was scheduled. Well, we knew they, they were coming. We had no clue that we were going to have to, like, do fake patients. Gotcha. Did she tell you guys, like, hey, you're not actually getting tested? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, she did. She just said this. Well, just to make it look busy. What a shame. What a shame. It is, it is unbelievable what is going on in the media today. I, it, it's I really... A, it's in a stage, and I'm going to tell you it, something, uh, Nick, um, and I want to know if you can comment on that. I don't know if anybody from the Spanish media has been coming to Project Veritas because I was a main anchor and reporter for 15 years at Univision, 
And I also got tired of the BS, even though the before it wasn't that bad as these days. But I remember uh, my producer's assignment or news director telling me, go and look for Panchita Maria Pedro profiling the Latinos in this country to go and work on the stories. It was like uh, a Latina cannot look like Cindy, like a blonde and white. A Latina cannot look like me and be educated and, and have a degrees. It's like, go and look for the um, construction worker, go and look for the illegal immigrant. And that was like profiling in their own Spanish station. So I wanted you uh, give me a sense of, uh, in your organization, if they have somebody that come forward in the Spanish media. I again, can't talk about directly about insiders, uh, even though I understand your question, do we have Spanish speaking insiders? We have insiders that are from all backgrounds, uh, you know, Spanish included. Uh, I can't say who, what, when, where, and how, but we have people everywhere of all backgrounds, of all stripes coming to us to say, we need to tell our story. And I'd like to add that you say they staged it in this racial way. It's not limited to race. They stage it all. They want the time. They want the person to say a specific thing. Some of them will even go so far as to write the answers down for the people they're interviewing. That's fraud. That's fraudulent. And to know that people are making valued decisions, Spanish or English, on these programs, making valued decisions on their lives, and to continue to treat it like it's a movie set or like it's fake, I don't think you need to speak any particular language to understand and, and unite over the fact that that's ridiculous. That's insanity. So yes, we have people from all over, all over the world come to us and ask us to tell their story and, and we're doing our best to turn them out as fast as we can. Nick, I know you, uh, we're limited with your time, but I have a last question for you. And that is, where do you see the future of television and where do you see the future of media? Uh, as far as cable television, I've always thought that they are a dinosaur. I compare it to Moneyball, like when the Oakland A's figured out how to play baseball and on, on you know, base percentage and slowly but surely took over the, the league. So that's what's going to happen. Cable's going to die. Uh, the word dinosaur was mentioned off camera. It's not inaccurate. Uh, streaming services are where it's at. It's where it's going to be for a while. Now, where did media go from there? Uh, I think it's in a downward spiral. Does that mean you can't get out of it? No, a downward spiral is always possible to pull the e-brake and, and come out of it. And you never know, we may recover, but it is very corrupted. It is very egotistical and it doesn't ask the big questions. It doesn't ask the big questions about life and death. It doesn't ask the big questions about why we're here. And it doesn't ask questions about the good news. Where's the good? There is good out there. The world is not just doom and gloom. So my hope for the future of media is that we focus on the positive. Nick, uh, please uh, tell us um, if any reporter that is watching this show, probably now live or later when it's already uh, recorded, um, if any reporter or any journalist wants to come forward and what they need to do and who, I mean, how to reach out to uh, Project Veritas. They can send us an email at Veritas Tips. That's V E R I T A S T I P S at protonmail.com, P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L.com. They send us an email there with information. There's a series of boxes they can check through the website, or they can just send us a direct email with information about what they've seen, uh, whether they're willing to go on record or not, whether they're willing to drop us a tip, what it's about, who it's about. And we will investigate to the best of our ability and resources. We look at every email, even if we don't follow up on all of them. We do do our best, especially when the story is real. So please, I encourage everyone and anyone to come forward and help put this world back together. And we can we well, uh, we can tell them like you know you know we saw recordings uh, from Ivory and we saw recordings from April. They were recording their conversation with their managers and the um, their bosses and the bosses. So can uh, that's something that you guys recommend also to get an investigation. Uh, you have to be careful and make sure that the state that you're in is a one-party consent yeah, state, right. meaning that one party of the person in the conversation, as long as one person, you, the recorder, is willing to consent, you can record the conversation. Now, other states have two-party consent laws, which means mm -hmm. you have to ask the subject whether or not you can record it. So I would say based on state law, do what your conscience tells you to do. And if not, then begin through the normal channels. Begin by raising the issue simply as, this is wrong. 
that's how we used to do it before cell phone cameras. So start there. And then if you're able to record the person and you feel like you're only going to get the truth that way, uh, make sure you're doing it legally. Yeah, because, you know, I hear also in the interviews with Ivory and April that they were saying that before they took the, this big step, they were going to every single way, you know, all the steps, all the legal steps, you know, first of all, yes. with the producers, then with the news yeah. director, then with the GM, then like all the way to corporate and nothing happened. It usually doesn't, especially when it's something that's extremely true. Uh, the, the more true it is, the worse it gets, I believe, is a quote from the film The Insider. Uh, James loves that movie, as do I, so we like to quote it a lot. So it's really like the more truth you feed that machine in media, the HRs, the proper channels, the more they're going to shy away. And then in the end, when they're forced to confront their own words, they give us a cookie-cutter statement that means nothing and has no accountability. So I'm not surprised that nothing happened, but... I am proud of them for doing it because I saw the HR machine at very various media companies. They are like brick walls and it's designed that way on purpose. Well, Nick, thank you so much. We went over. Um, we took a, we took a little bit more of your time. But I know you have to go to a, to a meeting. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for everything that you guys are doing. And um, definitely stay tuned with Project Veritas, everything that they're doing, because I know it's going to be a domino effect with more uh, reporters hopefully coming up and, uh, you know, stay, saying the truth and stick with journalists. Thank you Thanks. so much. We hope so. And we got more topics coming too, not just, not just journalism. So stay tuned. But thank you for having me. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Wow, that was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. What What is your thoughts, you know, Frank? Uh, okay. um, I have several, and I'll try to keep it short. Yeah. Because uh, we do, we're short on time. One is the movie Network that came out back in the early 70s. Uh, if anyone has not seen it, they should. Because back then when it came out, it was exactly what's happening now. Uh, uh, networks and TV stations staging uh, items and uh That's all you need to know about that movie. Some people love it, some people hate it. But it was like it had us aghast. This can never happen. And then two, um, uh, the other is I, I did. There's two uh, videos that I, uh, you know, provided for you if you feel now's the time. Yeah. Uh, one of them is this has been a long time coming. And before we watch that video, I need to let you know. Uh, the in in seventy seventy one, when I got there, it was uh, a totally different uh, perspective of the news. ABC Network uh, to their uh, this is the the world of uh, where Solinsky, uh, the that that creator of the uh, let let's uh, take over uh, uh, Dean's office and go sit down first say we're going to have a peaceful talk but then uh, invade and then call the media and so forth. Uh, one-page ad several weeks in the Chicago Sun-Times and in the Tribune, they, they actually published a, uh, this is what uh, the people who demonstrate want us to see. And it's uh, a close-up shot of uh, folks, uh, okay, this was staged, but for an ad. And then they, they uh, took a camera from way up in one of the tall buildings looking down at the, one of the plazas in, in Chicago, and you see this little teeny tiny circle of people, of the demonstrators, like there there's nothing there there. But if you focus in on that particular um, event, mm -hmm. then it's like a major event, and then you give the impression that, uh, and so uh, ABC News at the time was saying, we will not let people manipulate us in effect. They, they, they paid for wow. this, okay? So this is interesting. In, in, in light of that, I guess we ought to see the um, complaint that one uh, minority reporter had about the state of the main media, at least in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if this would be a good lead-in for that. So let's, let's play one of the videos that you sent us, Frank, and, and this is very interesting to see, um, you know, to go back in time. Yes, a blast from the past. Lou Palmer quit his job as columnist with the Chicago Daily News because he wasn't happy. The 51-year-old journalist now has his own newspaper, but he's still not happy. He calls his magazine-style tabloid the Black Express. He printed his first edition on May 19th, less than two weeks ago. 
On that same day, he was awarded the Chicago Newspaper Guild's highest honor, the Page One Award for Outstanding Service to Journalism. The plaque now hangs in his office, a symbol of his intellectual success. But the newspaper is something else. Because of his views, he has been having troubles with his printers. Last week's edition came out with black holes where copy was supposed to be because of a reluctant printer. Lou's small staff of four college students and one paid reporter will be increased by one on June 1st when Sun-Times columnist Ellis Coase joins the Black Express. The whole idea is to educate blacks. In his years as a journalist, he has learned that people with a skin color much lighter than his are not about to show black youngsters how to succeed. Lou has taken on the job. One of the basic components of, of the entire concept of the Black Express is to provide a uh, medium for young black journalists, at least a few, can't handle too many, three, four, but to give them a, an opportunity to uh, share in my experience, uh, I've, I've been a journalist now for 22, 23 years, uh, and to have an outlet for their work, but even probably more important, to, to get a grasp of what it means to be a black journalist. Because I believe that a, a, a journalist must be black first and journalist second. In fact, I believe that about whatever the uh, occupation, teacher or doctor or lawyer or whatever. What is the editorial policy of the Black Express? The paper is broken down uh, by categories. We have a page on education, for example, where we have serious black educators to, to dissect the public school system and talk about what's wrong with it. I'm talking about teachers who are in the schools and who know what the problems are. Uh, I take the position that uh, blacks must teach blacks because I do not believe that the oppressor will teach the oppressed the kinds of uh, information he needs to uh, free himself from the oppression. So, okay. Yes. So interesting. Uh, interesting that in 1971, 72, when, when I did this, uh, I, I put the date on there, um, the idea, the concept in Chicago by minorities is that the media is overwhelmingly controlled by white male, um, by the way they, they work, racist. Uh, it, it, it's all too conservative. We want to liberalize the media. Mm -hmm. It started in the 70s, and look where we are now. Incredible. So now um, I want, uh, Frank, you see another clip from, uh, she is Carrie Lake in former Fox 10 News in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, mm -hmm. um, anchor, and now she uh, wants to run for governor. Oh. She was a, yeah, she was a former television anchor, yeah. and she is running for governor now, and Good. she's basically being bombarded by all of these questions by the, the media now, and here's what she has to say. 22 years ago, Fox 10 hired me and paired me up with John Hook to bring you the news every night. Shortly after becoming a team, we jumped in the ratings, and we've held the number one spot for almost all of our time together. Anyone who's worked in TV news can tell you that is not an easy feat, and it's one I'm extremely proud of. And I thank you for that, for tuning in and inviting us into your homes. Sadly. So what changed? Like what? What, what, what changed? The, the have you not yeah, seen, Dennis? Have you not seen the direction this country's going? Have you not seen what the Democrats are doing? They're for defunding the police. They're for this ridiculous curriculum that is destroying the minds of our children. Therefore, shutting down businesses, locking us up in our homes, making us wear masks, forcing vaccines on us. They're for abortion all the way up and past birth. Seriously, if, if somebody is still a Democrat, the Democrat Party has changed. Okay, wow. to give Very a context true. on this is because the reporter was asking her, uh, about the contributions because now mm -hmm. she is a um, she's a public person in mm -hmm. politics so he went on her record about the contributions and she says I mean she's running now for the Republican Party right so he was like okay what is this contribution to Barack Obama and she was like it wasn't me it was my husband it was my husband so he said okay well it's part of the family, no? So she said, like, well, if you want to put it that it was a money, a family money, well, yeah. But doesn't mean that because we contribute uh, to Barack Obama, 
back in that time doesn't mean that now we are informed of what is going on in politics in this country in the Demo- in the point. Democratic Party. Right. So he said, like, and she was pointed out that she said, like, well, you, do you know Ronald Reagan? He was... Uh, he was a former Democrat. Democrat, yeah. And then, yeah. so what is wrong with that? Right. Right. It's like, so when you're manipulating <laughs> the the, the yeah. interview, when you're manipulating the, the information, and this is not right. Tarring by innuendo. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And I think a, a lot of it, too, was that she was just uh, tired of the current administration, Biden, and um, not that, you know, she was uh, a Trump supporter, but she was just basically saying that she did not agree with where the country was going now and mm-hmm. that she is running for Republican Party. I see that all the time in news. I mean, I, I personally don't ever vote straight ticket. I am financially, fiscally conservative, but I am very open minded when it comes to abortion and other issues and women's issues as well. So that doesn't mean one thing or another. Um, however, I do think that my children, I have a daughter who's 17, I have a daughter who's 15, both of them now with all this, uh, the mask and the, uh, the uh, uh, being forced to take these vaccines, et cetera, in order to fly or do anything or go to another country, they don't, uh, they think that these vaccines are being shoved down their throats. Mm-hmm. They feel like the government is what's, uh, you know, the people under the table are taking money from these pharmacies who are uh, making these drugs. And um, quite frankly, they are very jaded. I think that that's the correct word. They're jaded. They're also, you know, going through the, the whole, uh, the, voting and everything and uh they definitely agree that there is some voter fraud now that's hard to prove which is why a lot of a company or media exactly don't um report that because it's extremely hard to prove voter fraud but my children are like mom my vote doesn't count i mean how does it count how does this happen overnight how does one you know someone who's way up in the lead um, of the presidential election in the morning, how does how does that person lose? I mean, I understand, right, that that there were county ballots and whatnot. However, we definitely need to look into that. Come on, I mean, honestly, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Trump supporter or I'm a Biden supporter. I'm saying this just as a a person who worked in media, who worked in journalism. There's a lot of stuff going on, and all of us know it. And when are we going to wake up? When are we going to wake well, up? Well, apparently it's, it's, it's getting away. I mean, I, I'm glad that this is uh, going on with Ivory, with April, with all these reporters, with Carrie. And I want to ask you something, Frank, that is very important uh, for people to know that something that Nick mentioned. Now you are an attorney, and he mentioned something very important. Did you need to look at uh, the um, uh, law in your state? for yeah. you to be able to record. I mean, Texas is one-way state, right. meaning that right. if you want to record somebody here in, in in Texas, you don't have to let the other person know right. that you are recording it so you can use it as an evidence. Right. That is right. very important to know. But not, not only if you are a reporter or you are in the media, that's something important to know if, just, if you are a regular citizen. Right. If you see that if something is going on, corruption in your company or in a... In, in any business, you can record people without telling them that you're recording and you can use that as an evidence. So I wanted you give us a legal background on that and what people can do or not, because this is very important to explain for people that are not familiar with that. We, we used to get training in, in media uh, law every year, right. but not everybody's exposed to that. Right. Well, uh, I'm not certain uh, what type of training you had, but uh, when you use the word evidence, that's a very strong word. Evidence is something that uh, must be shown in court to prove uh, uh, the fact uh, of the matter asserted. Oh, okay. And, and if it's going to be used in court, then one of the things I really suggest is that uh, whatever you do with the tape, that you can say that this is a, a true and, and correct version of the tape, that then you worry about uh, the chain of evidence that you make sure that no one else has touched it because anybody who's going to uh, uh, 
to use non-legal terms, shove against you mm-hmm. and try to prove that, that you, you must have doctored this because that's a, you, you hear that all the time. Right. If you're going to do that, then be sure that you have uh, proved witnesses that this tape was then kept uh, in, in a safe place. That's that the only thing that I can talk about. Now, the other type of support for uh, an opinion or for a fact that you want the public to know, um, that is something that uh, might be, um, I guess you can use it, but be very careful, be uh, expecting um, other people to react to it. And so then I would say, has nothing to do with, with what you recorded, is be sure to get your strategy and your answers mm-hmm. ahead of time. Uh, in public affairs, when I worked for six years in a major corporation, there was always a Q&A that you prepared for the, for the spokesman. And these are questions we expect to be asked. And so always have that. What would people likely say if I use this to accuse someone that they, and actually the fact that they said this, and here's the tape, well then what are they gonna say in response? And be ready to respond to that. That's almost common sense. Right. But some people right. might not think of that. You just say, well I'm gonna post this, which I won't get into how uh, right. today's world in social media is, oh, yeah. is uh, you know, uh, I feel like doing it, so I do it, which is my, you know, pet peeve of, of social media. It's right. just like emotion, you know. Right. Of course, of course. And uh, and that's one of the problems now that also um, we are facing um, to getting our information. We are not getting information. We're, all, we're totally misinformed. Uh, not only with the media, but also with the social media. And people are not really doing their homework. homework. People are not really digging into something and investigating something. they just like, you know, getting all these, uh, um, you know, the news from everywhere. And they just like getting brainwashed. Yeah. And well, they're not like really educating themselves. They're not really digging into anything. Right. So um, journalism is about the truth and the fact. So yes. I want to play a video also probably <laughs> from your time. Yes. <laughs> that is, is the video number six, uh, Mark, that it's uh, uh, the journalists are based in one simple uh, thing. It's just the facts. Facts. Right. And then if you want to say something, then it's labeled as commentary. Is this right? Mine? And that's a big no, deal. No, it's, it's, it's a video that one. I sent to Mark. Yeah. Okay, we can talk okay. about that in just yeah. a second, but let's play this clip. We're based on one simple idea. Let's ask the questions that might be on the minds of the people looking in. They would love to feel that if I were there in that chair where Wallace is, here's what I want to know. Who wants to kill you? What the dickens are you doing? Mr. Ferguson, I mean, it's, it's quite apparent that something's going on there. I mean, uh, He went after politicians. Why'd you take the money? The, my, my taking the money had nothing to do with the legislation. I mean, you're a crook. And hoods. And a murderer. That's what they say. Don't. Nobody is asking these questions anymore. Right. Right. Well, here's the thing with TV now. You've got a certain amount of time. Everyone, the producers are telling you a minute and a half, a minute and a half. Don't or go less. over. A minute and 15 yeah, seconds. Yeah, a minute and you have a minute and 15 <laughs> seconds to, to tell say your everything. story. And so that's why they call it investigatives, you know, like when the investigators get involved, which I was part of that investigative mm-hmm. team for a quick minute before I started doing the minute and a half stories. But um, they give you a little more time, a little more in-depth. You can go in-depth to get the real story and what's going on. And by the way, I'm not saying that all journalism is false. I mean, for sure, there's a lot of good TV out there. Mm -hmm. But now in this day and age, they don't let you tell the, you know, sometimes stories aren't, can't be told in a minute and a half. Sometimes you need five minutes to tell the story, to get all the facts and to get everything, the corruption, the lies, the deceit, whatever, and tell both sides of the story. I'm just saying that from a journalist uh, perspective, I know that, um, you know, you have just a certain amount of time to get your point across and they do want you to, you know, get the rioting and get all the bad stuff and, mm-hmm. and all the, you know, the negative and the, and the corruption and all that stuff in a minute and a half. Um, another point I wanted to make what, uh, was, you know, with these reporters who are coming out, what does their future look like in TV? I mean, let's be honest. If you're coming out and you're recording your bosses and your managers, uh, 
good luck ever getting a job in TV again if that's where you want your career to go. I'm not saying don't tell the truth. Don't call your station out for um, for not letting you do your story. I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm just saying that it's a hard predicament to be in when you get sick and tired of mm -hmm. being managed and, and biased and being told what to report and then suddenly you expose your station and your corporation and then you want another job in tv i'm not saying don't tell the truth i'm not saying don't call them out but we have got to be serious about well, this like that's why they it costs their jobs you know but um, I'm glad that this is happening because this is going to bring good things, mm -hmm. right? You know, I think this can, uh, and these days with the technology and the uh, online that you can create content online, you don't have to be affiliated with uh, these big corporations that they want to manipulate everything. But how do you see it, uh, uh, Frank? That well, um, yes, um, the choice of expert. Uh, that uh, who you are asked to interview. Uh, can I give an example right quick? Yeah. Uh, of, uh, I heard uh, an interview uh, concerning this uh, decision by the, or either it's happening or will happen, of the uh, U.S. Uh, Conference of Bishops deciding to um, um, do what, uh, you know, to tell politicians, anybody who is a Catholic, uh, if you uh, consistently and publicly espouse the positive nature of abortions, well then you should not and will not be allowed to receive communion. And so the interview I heard of a Jesuit priest, thank you for Jesuits, who uh, complained that, uh, well, I don't understand why this happened. It's just a few conservative bishops who went against the liberals and they voted and they took over the vote. Well, wait a minute. Oh that's wrong there right there but then he said because we know that communion is a coming together and a, a sharing well wait a minute uh, a Catholic who says amen when he receives a host from a, a priest says I believe this is the body and blood soul and divinity of Jesus Christ and this is that's what that is so if you are receiving Jesus Christ uh, on your tongue and your hand well, then that is not uh, something where I'm, I'm doing this because I want to be, uh, uh, you know, kumbaya with my person who's standing next to me in church. It's me receiving Jesus Christ. And so if you truly believe that, then you are going to believe that, uh, you know, life begins in, in, in the natural birth mm -hmm. and, and natural death. It, it is not uh, a decision by someone to kill uh, some life in, in their womb. Anyway, that's me on the, sorry for being No, you're, no, 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 you're, you're, you're it, great. It's choice I, uh, Do you want to read a comment? Yes, I want to read a comment. Um, it's from Julie. I'll just leave it at that. I'd rather work at Sonic and have a clear conscience than be complicit in the lies and false narratives. So it would be worth it to expose the media, in my opinion. Uh, I worked at Sonic. That was my first job um, oh, out of really? high school. Wow. So, yeah, that, I'm proud of Sonic. Job. I like Sonic. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, it's, it's about how you feel. It's about, you know, integrity at the end yeah. of the day. It really is. It's about integrity, and it's about telling the truth, and it's yes. about what you feel in your heart as a journalist, as a person who is actually talking to the victims or talking to, um, uh, you know, whoever it is. It's about knowing their truth. And it's speaking their truth, and then at the end, how you see their truth, and and that's our job in TV. That what that's that's everyone's job is when you go on a story. And by the way, general managers, news directors, producers, directors, they don't know because they're not on the story. Hmm. It's they're the not on journalist. the field. They're not out in the field. And until you get out there, pull your bootstraps up, and get out there in the mud and in the water. And, you know, go interview people. It's their truth. And everyone, like Sylvan, the, the late Sylvan Rodriguez yes. once told me, he was a mentor of mine, and he once said, everyone has a story to tell. You just have to shut up and listen. Listen. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. So that is what a journalist does out in the field. And it doesn't matter whether you interview a president 
or um, uh, an elected official or just someone on the street who's had who's had a lot of trauma uh, in their lives and is talking about the the loss of a loved one. There is a story to tell, and some of the most compelling stories are those of people who have suffered hurt and pain and not that of an elected official. And um, I can go on and on about this. But and, that, and that's something that happened to Ivory uh, when she interviewed um, the doctor about the COVID-19, right. about this treatment. Right. And she came with the story. She came with the interview right. and with facts. And their uh, producers told her, no, you have to edit in, the, you know, because right. you can, even if you let the person talk, you can manipulate what you put oh, it on TV. Yeah. Right. So the sound bites that you that you, you manipulate that. So they told the, they told her, okay, this is what you can have, uh, but you cannot have this interview talking about the hydro um, uh, hydroxychloroquine. Correct. Which I'm a big fan of, by yeah, the way. Even um, though it treats malaria. It. Oh, I can say well, yeah, it's your opinion. It is your That's opinion. That's my opinion. Is your opinion. Not non necessarily right. that you're telling people to do it. It's your no, opinion right. and it's your own experience. But so they ask her, okay, so if you want to include that, you need to include the whole recipe that the doctor is, in, I mean, all the medicine that oh, the, the yeah. doctor is including, because, you know, we don't want to talk about this. Right. They, they avoid that. So she said, okay. So she put it in, the, in her Facebook page, the whole oh, recipe right. uh, that this doctor is, is using. And... And then they, they banned her social well, media they, they, for, for doing that. Right. Wow. They, they, they basically took out what that, right. they mm -mm. took out the last uh, soundbite, the last interview with yeah. that doctor who said that Joseph I prescribe, Butler. right, that he said, I prescribe hydroxychloroquine. They took that out purposely. Now, <laughs> they sometimes do that, and it really is just so nerve-wracking to me because It doesn't tell both sides of the story, and it doesn't tell the full truth. And I'm saying this from experience. I it's been it's happened to me before, where they'll say, "Don't, uh, we, you got to cut it down. Find mm -hmm. a soundbite that you can get rid of and cut that story down. Yep. We need a minute 15. We don't need a minute 30. And you end up slicing it up to where it's not telling the full truth. Yep. And a lot of people. A lot of people now, that's what they're fed up with in media is that, oh, my God, they cut out the what I when I said this and I said I said a lot more than that. And they only put the worst part of it or they only put what they wanted to hear. I hate to say it. Yeah, that does happen. Um, that does happen. Let's see if um, um, Mark, we can play before we go off the air. The April Moss, when she said, this is one of the greatest crime in America. Mm -hmm. And it's on the YouTube video on the 16 minute 33 seconds. Let's see if we can play that. This is so can we what is it? going on right now. This so what changed? Like what? what Good evening and thanks for watching Verse Forecast. I'm meteorologist April Moss and happy Father's Day. Hey, Chuck. So I saw what you did on the air yesterday. Yes. <clears throat> you, you may get terminated for that. Are you aware of that? Yes, I am. All right. So, so you're, you're okay with that then? I um, well, Well, okay, well, Let's this is pretty much what yeah. she's saying. This is TV one TV. of the greatest crime in America because if we are shopping, uh, people's mind we need to be seeking truth and every single journalist who goes to school for journalism the number are the um, the number one thing is integrity honesty and seeking truth we are supposed to be the people right. to bring light to corruption we are seeing electoral officials and they are not being questioned or they are getting easy questions. That's right. the problem. Absolutely. The media is responsible for that. That's what she said in the interview, and that is so true. They're not happening. getting it. Yeah, it's happening, and it this is. is so sad. So, uh, well, thank you so much, guys. We're like, um, we're running out of time now. It was a great show. Thank you so and much. And share with the former uh, journalist, no, Frank, it was amazing. Uh, Orlando, we miss you so much, and I know you're dying to be here <laughs> to give your perspective in politics, and uh, we miss you, of course. Um, but thank you so much, everybody, for watching us. Thank
Thank you so much uh, for stay tuned. And thank you so much, uh, all the reporters out there that are not letting this corporate to manipulate their stories and their um, the violating the ethics in journalism. Right. So uh, Project Veritas, thank you so much for what you guys are doing. And definitely we are in TLC in Texas, Latino conservatives, we are supporting these um, new wave of journalists, like the real ones. Well, it, it's about being objective, not subjective. And it's about seeking the truth. And at the end of the day, if you can sleep with yourself at night, not doing and telling the truth, then, well, that's all on you. But seek the truth. That is what that job is all about. Yeah. Visit us at TexasLatinoConservatives.com, .com, TexasLatinoConservatives.com, and become a member, be part of this uh, big family that is growing and support our cause. And um, thank you so much, everybody, for watching us every Wednesday. I'll see you guys every Wednesday, like next Wednesday. Hopefully you can join me also, uh, yeah. Cindy, sure. because we're not going to come with Orlando next weekend, yes. next week. So hopefully you can to, be with us. And um, you're going to watch it? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. You don't want to be co-host <laughs> with no. me? No. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I've been around so long. Uh, you, you ladies, can I say that? You yeah. Yes, you, we're ladies. You, Absolutely. ladies, and you are ladies. You're doing a wonderful job. Well, Orlando, thank you Orlando so probably is so jealous about you being next to us. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Frank, thank you again for being with us, and thank you so much. And this is something that's, uh, you know what, we need to talk about this a lot more. Um, this is not just a one-day topic. We could talk about this for days. But anyway, I'm so glad that we covered it today. So glad for those who are listening in. And um, let journalists be journalists. Let them do their job. Yes. Stay tuned. Nos vemos el próximo miércoles. Chao, chao. Bye. Chao.